Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show in association with TalkSport coming up on the show today. Not one, not two, but all three members of British Strong Style as me and Al spent a morning down at the Performance Centre his morning. A little tougher than mine, we'll tell you all about that. Plus we'll look back at Extreme Rules, Fight for the Fallen, an interesting week of TV and preview. Plenty more coming up. This is the Pro Wrestling Show. Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show in association with TalkSport. A Mac, how are you feeling today? My limbs are sore, Will. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe I'm sore in areas that I did not anticipate being sore in. That's the best way I can describe it. Can you explain to the fine listener, because I don't think your piece is going up on TalkSport.com quite yet, so why are you feeling so sore today? <laughs> I've just got a hard life, Will. It's just really hard. <laughs> Two kids, commute to London. Oh, so, so rough. No, I um So Will and I obviously went to the WWE UK Performance Centre uh, in North London, uh, on Thursday, and we were lucky enough to be treated to a training session, well, I was, by Mustache Mountain. Oh, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was very lucky as well, because I got to watch you <laughs> do this training session <laughs> while filming it and interviewing them at the same time. So I yeah, was having, was having a, ball. a great time. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I mean, for me, oh, well, I should say British Strong Star, really, because Pete Dunn was also in attendance. Um but yeah, it was cool. Um, we obviously got to meet Sean Hayes, which is uh, WWE's uh, fitness and conditioning coach for the US and the UK. And wow, um, very, very impressive guy at what he does. I, I, I'm sure you agree, Will. He he really knew his stuff. Very good at um, what he did. The, the, the um, I don't want to call it the command he had over people, but the like the respect. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone was just drinking in everything that he had to say. And when you look at the guy, he looks a million bucks too. But very personable, very very good at what he does. Um, and yeah, so basically he kind of set the tone for me and the British Strong Style guys to go through our paces and you know, after a, a nice warm up, which just kind of got the the blood going, brother. I. Uh, we then had to do some squats and some dragging of weights uh, wrapped around my waist. Um, all these different exercises. And this is what I was talking about to the Strong Style Boys after. Whenever I've been to a gym, I basically just go in, do a bit of cardio, lift some free weights maybe, do some cables. like you know. Th but this, the facility, 
you know, they have obviously all that ground space where you can do, you know, um, kinetic like movement stuff. And it's like, you would never do that in your own gym. So it's just next level really. And, and the stuff that they had me doing, I've never done before, you know, even, even like when I had my shoulders against one of the benches and I had one leg off the ground and I was kind of almost just doing like raises with like my ass, my ass kills today. <laughs> but I, I had like weights as well strapped to my, 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 my tummy. It was just killing me. Like, you know, it was just so, it made me think a lot about how WWE superstars do what they do. Um, and, and as we both learned from talking to them, Will, it's all about the performance. They're, they're not trying to get big. You know, I mean, obviously it's important to be strong and, and, you know, and look good on TV, but they're not trying to get as jacked as possible. It really is geared towards their in-ring performance. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting because I, I was chatting to Sean Hayes a bit as well and chatting to the guys that, you know, there's this acceptance that there are all, they all work at very different levels. And when they come in and do a week as a build-up to a tapings like it is for this, this week as they're building up to Plymouth I thought it was fascinating that you know you had the different groups working together but actually those kind of experienced heads the guys like British Strong Style uh, the guys like Imperium those kind of guys who have been doing indie wrestling for a much longer time they still work with the same groups but almost take on a semi-coaching role with them yes. um, versus what they do in the US Performance Center where it really is very tiered where it really is very uh, group A group B group C beginners intermediates advanced kind of thing they um, they all work together but you get the elder heads kind of helping them with their ring craft with their promos with their health and fitness and Sean Hayes was saying to us like he was impressed with the overall level of fitness when he first turned up actually considering it's a bunch of indie guys but yeah the fact is these people start their career totally blind they learn from youtube they learn from each other they learn from you know just being in the gym and watching other people do their thing whereas when you've got somebody like sean hayes who clearly the the difference in the focus the way they plan out the week in the build-up to a tapings the way that they slowly lighten the workload to aid recovery the way they focus on diet and the way that like like you say everything's tailored to performance everything's tailored to uh, you know making sure that you can sustain it's not a about getting as jacked as possible, getting as muscly as possible. And so, uh, like Tyler was saying to me, kind of while you were doing some of the weights, he was saying that, you know, he's he's not in the best shape of his life in terms of how he looks. Like, he's looked more cut, more jacked, more... Like, you, I can remember when he kind of first came out and he had that ridiculous body shape. He's actually become more standardized in his shape but he's just said his fitness levels his overall understanding of his body all of that side of things has improved massively and it shows just how influential important the performance center is for these guys that they're getting that absolute world-class level training not just in terms of their ring work their promo work everything that goes alongside it but their fitness as well and uh, yeah yeah again i mean versus when we've been down there before it was only us and then maybe like i think there's one journal from the star who was down doing a piece with tony storm but actually you know it meant that we got a lot more time to to just see how they worked and how they prepared and and again just really really impressed with how professional the whole thing is yeah, so, yeah and it's funny that you mentioned tyler bait when i was doing the exercise that i just um talked about where i had my back like the top of my back on the bench and i was doing the the bomb raises he was just <laughs> he was just on me again that's one strong boy that's two strong boys that's three strong boys i was trying to focus so much and i've just got he was literally like his lips were basically touching my ear 
that's a strong boy. That's four strong boys. <laughs> what, what I loved about it as well is that Tyler is the most understated when you get into an interview. Like when we, you hear it when you hear from them in a moment. But like Trent, as always, tends to take the lead, the elder head. Pete gets in and gets very passionate about the British stuff. Tyler stays quite quiet. But when it came to your actual training, he was the one who was like it most felt like he was being natural around you. Like in, yeah, like in, in more of his element, I would say. A hundred percent. He and he was like, you know, when you were moving between machines, jokingly tripping you over. And on, uh, have you watched any of the uh, exercise videos back yet, other than the last one where he jumps yeah, on the? I have. I, have. The, I mean, I, I knew there. Was, so one of them is where, like I mentioned earlier, it's tied around my waist, and I'm dragging the weight across the floor, uh, and and I knew halfway, like wow this is heavy <laughs> like but, <laughs> and, uh, and then i knew that he jumped on it i just knew he had and then obviously he, he hopped off just as i got at the end but um yeah i <laughs> he was just he, he he did very cheeky subtle things like that and then it just became overtly like i'm gonna i'm gonna be on this way now and you're gonna have to drag it like, oh okay yeah he, Hello, got, Harper. he got you a couple of times on that oh <laughs> my daughter has um stormed the castle <laughs> you okay yeah. Okay. Oh, adorable. I, 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 I've been nannies today. I know you've, <laughs> I know you've been to nannies today. Uh, Daddy's doing work. Shall I talk to you in a little bit? Yeah. Okay. I digress, William. So yeah, it, it, it was, it was great. Like, yeah, like you said, that's the most personality I think I've ever seen from Tyler Bay, and that's not to say I don't think he has personality. It's just as you said, he seems so much more comfortable and just enjoying it, really. Um, I also, while we were there, uh, Jim Smallman uh, from Progress was there. You know, they do quite a bit of work with them. He was there in the office doing some bits and pieces. Got to have a good chat with him about their recent shows in, in Manchester and Newcastle. He said that um, the Jordan Devlin Ilya Dragunov match they had in Newcastle was uh, in the conversation for the best Progress match of all time. So obviously, I wow. watched it this morning and it is an absolute barnstormer. So well worth going and checking out. I also managed to get my hands very briefly on the progress title and hold it up and uh, <laughs> got to back <laughs> out a little bit. So massive nerd moment. But um, should we hear from the British Strong Style lads? The, the, the stuff around the actual training, that'll be in Al's piece coming up on the TalkSport website. There'll be video and stuff like that. But we just got to have a catch up with them afterwards. Bit of a state of the union, see how they were getting on and, and how they were enjoying life in WWE UK. And this is in the performance centre, so you're probably likely to hear a lot of banging around on the mats as the rest of the NXT UK roster um, were going about their business, uh, much much to the uh, annoyance to the <laughs> to the British strong style guys. Well, let's, we might as well start with uh, Cardiff coming up, right? I know we've got Plymouth this weekend, but Cardiff on the horizon. Uh, reportedly sold very well against a very strong day of wrestling. Do you, you think that's a lot of credit to the brand at this point? Um, yeah, I think uh, the machine and the brand that is WWE is it's obviously the market leader uh, in its brand of sports entertainment. Um, so uh, we only expect, obviously, you know, the fans to, to get behind a quality product like the one that we're producing. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very exciting going to Cardiff. Like you said, there's a lot on. There's a lot for people to watch that day, especially in Cardiff. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a jam-packed uh, Motor Point Arena. So uh, yeah, we can't wait. Just to add to that, I think. No matter what's on, I think everyone knows TakeOver is special every time. So whether it's NXT UK or NXT normally, you know TakeOver is another level. So I think I think that shows. 
I think we're on pace for what? This game, if there's another takeover this year, maybe, maybe not, two a year. Would you like to see, obviously it's about growing, but more moving forward from NXT UK? Because the people I've spoken to on the main roster and things like that, they've got nothing but praise for the weekly product of NXT UK. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I see it as probably the only kind of like natural step or the natural progression there after that is obviously to move to maybe, I don't know, three or four a year. But... You know, that's just all here saying it's all goals and it's always good to have that in mind but I think at the moment we're just so focused on making sure that takeover Cardiff just blows everything else out of the water. Yeah, sometimes I don't, I don't think more means better. Um, like I say, it's special and I think I think that's why the NXT model works so well because I don't know how many takeovers there are per year now but every time it's still a huge event, you know. So in some, some respects more can be better but I don't think it necessarily is when it comes to especially such a new product like NXT UK I think a part of building this brand as well was your record title reign when you look back on it now it feels like we were never going to look back on it but now you look back on it do you think you know you're very happy with the legacy that you've cemented with that run not, not just the time but what you did in it yeah of course and I, I think that, that without sounding pretentious that body of work when I look back on it, it's always going to be special. Do you know what I mean? It's, I think it, it holds up, and uh, I, I look back fondly on it all. But at the same time, like, it's not all I want to be remembered for. I'll, I'll, should we go title two? Is that going to hear it? No, no, it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Okay. It'll be atmospheric. It'll be nice. Okay, but you can't download. You'll be fine. You'll, you'll, you'll be like clear. metal bands playing hear and stuff. Like honestly, that will that'll be fine. It'll sound fine. Yeah. Um, I'll fix. Sorry, where were you? Yeah, redo, yeah. We'll redo just, the we'll question. Well, my question's clear, so it's just wherever you want to go from from you for, in terms of your title reign. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't want to be defined as just that title reign. Obviously, I look back really fondly on it. Um, that body of work I put together, I'll always look back and go, okay, that holds up, but there's more to do now, do you know what I mean? And, and whether that's here or whether that's over in Orlando, um, it's just keep moving to the next thing and, and, and hopefully take it to new levels. Mm. And for you, Tyler, of course, first champion that we had, you've been in part of this great tag team, though. You haven't quite got the gold yet in this brand. Uh, for yourself, of course, you've, you've been there, but now you're having a great time with Trent. But are you always kind of looking forward as well to wanting to get back to that kind of spot and go upwards? Um, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kind of trying to enjoy it as much as possible, really. For me, it's not so much about winning all the titles and stuff. I just, I just really like doing what I do. So your goals are different to, let's say, belts. What, what, what are your goals and ambitions in terms of enjoyment? What gives you the satisfaction? That, that, I guess? that is, that is it though. Just enjoying it. Mm. Just enjoying it for as long as possible for what it is. And, and for you, for you, that's just putting on great matches, yeah. I assume, and that's enjoying goal, it. Yeah. Talk a bit about the professionalism and the, the, the kind of what the performance center has done for you guys. But kind of first. In the last few months, we've had the guys that came over for download, so Adam, Cole, and we had Kyle O'Reilly over for, for the recent progress shows. They were talking about that Royal Albert Hall show and how for them that was one of their most special moments in the ring, even though it was obviously you guys' moment and for like the whole of the fan base. So just talk to us a bit about that moment and what it meant for you guys within uh, this brand. Yeah. Um the, the wonderful thing about being uh, here at the inception of things like uh, of this, of WWE, is there's going to be a lot of first-time evers or a lot of first-evers. Um, however, the Royal Albert Hall show was something incredible. It's probably what, the, I don't think anyone's run a show there. Well, WWE hadn't run a show there for, I don't even know how Early many 90s, years, right? Think, yeah. And to be able to go out there and sell out that arena, and you know, with the three of our faces on the posters. <laughs> That's incredible. 
you know what I mean? Like, and it did undisputed like, as well. Uh, like, you're long-time friends with Adam. Uh, yeah, and Kyle, Adam yeah. In terms of crowd reaction, like I was there, it was literally mental when you guys won. Has there been a better reaction in your career than that? Um, nah, not. <laughs> nah. No, you. It's, it's. You know, if you could bottle it up, it'd be amazing. I'd open it up and I'd listen to it every day. It's yeah. a motivation. But yeah, those kind of moments they come. You know, like I said, you know, first ever, first ever. You know, like so loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's more so the fact that. I just, I have so much pride in the fact that, you know, our three faces and the boys, you know, and what everyone's done over the course of the last two years to build this to that. In fact, it was only about a year ago, wasn't it? So, mm. you know, we only had a year and to be working in venues like that and producing shows of that quality and that standard. And like I say, it just goes to show that, you know, when people put faith and trust in us, you know, we're the ones that are going to be right at the front of it, delivering it back tenfold. To bring when our faces are on the poster, we want to make it as as good as it can possibly be. With, I think what really stood out to me that night, and when we're talking about like the, the level of training going on here and the support from all the different guys, is that you two came out and did a, a press bit with us afterwards. And the first thing that Trent said to us was, did you see Pete's match with Zach? It's one of the best things I've ever seen. Not, oh my God, I just won the tag titles, but... You were in Gorilla watching everything that happened and you were so proud of what you saw your friends doing. And I thought that really said a lot to me about, you know, the, what yeah, this well, atmosphere is like yeah, here. I take, you know, we all take a lot of ownership in this. You know, we, we work very, very hard, at, you know, on the independent level to kind of raise the, the profile and raise the standard of professional wrestling. Just not necessarily just in the in-ring product, you know, that was obviously, that's obviously a goal, but just the way that you carry yourself and, and you know, the way you go, simple things like travelling to and from shows and, and the attire, like the clothes that we would wear and the way that we would act around it and the way we'd try and build the profile of professional wrestling in this country, not just British Strong Style and Mustache Mate and all the bruise away. You know, it was a whole process over the over the course of like the last like three or four years to just act, just raise the quality and raise the bar and raise the standard. And we just hope that that continues, obviously, now on the independence when we do very, very minimal, you know, shows there. We just hope it transfers now to this brand and, and we can continue to grow as NXT UK on the same kind of level. And how unique is this whole experience? Because I guess I think to like when you guys were starting out and wrestling in scout halls and clubs and stuff, to now having, you've got a week of a show and you can get everyone together, training together in one place. Like, you can get everyone together, training together in one place, working together towards that goal in this kind of super professional environment. Mm. Anyone? Yeah, it's, it's completely different to what we were used to. Uh, we started in the most humble of beginnings um, and then to be here and seeing this and obviously it's special for us because we feel like that the three of us and then obviously the Wolfgangs, the Mark Andrews, you know, that, that first 16, we, we built this. Um, and then for the new guys that come in and being able to almost come in, you know, they have, a lot of people in here haven't been wrestling all that long and then to walk into an environment like this and, and learn, I mean, you see just even from just strength and condition alone, I wish I'd have known that 10 years ago, do you know what I mean? So it's so special now that we're able to say that, that the almost the legacy that we've left is that brand new people coming into British wrestling can be a part of this. Because a lot of people start out like wrestling on concrete, just sports hall floors as well, so it's amazing to just 
this level yeah. Well, when we talk about the independence obviously you, you were pillars of the scene that has brought us to here now there was obviously a lot of uh, uneducated comments on, on the, the way the independent scene was left and stuff. You still think it's strong now? Progress seems to be doing fine. You know, it, are, are you proud of what you look back at that you didn't... It's not depleted by any chance, is it? Um, I think that the way I look at it personally, and, you know, I'm, not, I'm only speaking for myself here, is I feel that the people that came before us, there were some, some credible people that we learned off. And we took the absolute... The, the best aspects of those people and we looked at the people who may not have left the same kind of level of legacy and we took the things that they left and we tried to eradicate that and take the best of what we could. And honestly, I just look back at it and I just hope to God that, that the people that are now coming up and the people that are now in the top spots on the independent scenes have the same level of respect and the same level of enjoyment and the same want to perform at the high level that we did as we did. Because mm. as long as that's there, then it's going to be fine forever. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter how long anyone's been wrestling. As long as they go out there and they wrestle with the absolute the passion that we did and the, and the, and the hunger and the, and the desire to put on the best shows that we possibly could and, and leave a legacy, then that's fine. But, you know, that's up to, you know, that's for them to do now, do you know what I mean? That's for them to stand up and go, they make a living independently wrestling and a very, very good living as well, some of them. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying they don't need it here, but I'm saying the independent scene now is there for the taking. It just takes people to just step up, just be leaders, go out there and, and, and take it onto the next level. Yeah, the, the independent scene will always be near and dear to our hearts. And to be honest, it's near and dear to people like Triple H's hearts. You know, people forget that, that everyone who got to a higher level for the most part went through that in some, some way or another. And also, the amount of people that have had a success in the company that have come from that, it's, it's vital to what we do. And we're still heavily involved and, and I think always will be heavily involved in it. It's something near and dear to us, and it, and you know, like I've always said, this is now just the route. We always wanted this route to to know where we're going, some direction, and that's been created now. And it's time for people to just accept that and say, yeah. do you know what? Finally, we know where we're going. We know if we work hard here, we'll get on progress. We know if we work hard on progress, we'll get to here, and so on and so on. Mm. Um, and I'm really proud that we've been able to be the ones that have sort of put that into place and I think stuff like you see like WWE Network putting the Evolve show on this past weekend it's clear that the level of respect for where people have come from from that top end it was probably always there but now fans can see it's there as well and really get a sense of it. and I think that's like really important to those people who are a bit naysay about it who I, I, like, I wonder for you guys you've seen you, you know, your mind's blown by where it's gone in the last two years so what do you think you can achieve over the next couple of years considering uh, the platform here, here now. or from the in, on the independence no from me from you guys from here and growing on from this because we love the word global localization <laughs> <laughs> um, where do i see it coming from here i, I just i just want a, a, a steady increase in everything that's that's the whole point of running a business no one runs a business to let it just be the same for the next five ten years it's about constant growth about finding new people, better people, better people in better positions, training on every single level of the company. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you go to a, a large, very popular chain of fast food restaurants, the quality of the training is impeccable all the way through. So the manager gets tra trained to be a manager. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I hope. I just hope that, you know, we don't take advantage, well, sorry, we do take advantage if we got, of what we've got here. 
and use it to, pro to propel everyone to the next level. Who's going to be Sean Hayes's UK, next UK fitness coach, partner or assistant head fitness coach? That kind of thing is exciting. You know, who's going to be the next tag team champions? I look at things like, right, okay, who's going to be the next producer that comes through to help with, you know, the, the arenas that we're working in, the style of the product. You know, it's, it's just about making sure everything gets progressively better all the way through. That kind of brings me to our last question with, in, in regards to yourself. Obviously, you've had a long career, you know, a pillar, as I mentioned earlier. Tyler's obviously at the right beginning of his, and you will wind down. Is that something that you're interested in, like being a producer, yeah. being involved with NXT UK and helping that in your vision? Because that must be important. We all see talent involved in those roles. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, if the time, or even when the time comes that uh, you know, I can no longer perform at the level that I'd like to, or that the company deserves me to perform at in the ring, then that's exactly where I'd love to go. I'd love to go into the production side of things. Any and, nudge to Triple H, yeah? the management or? kind of side of things, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think so. the, the good thing about stuff like this is these opportunities almost come in a different way earlier. We're, we're virtually being trained for that now because mm. a lot of this is on our shoulders. You know what I mean? A, a situation like this has never happened before. So we're almost in training for that already. Yeah. And I love what we've done here and I'd love to continue to do that all around the world. You know, this many countries like this where people are dying for their own their own version of what they see mm. for lack of a better term the Americans doing right so I'd love it if this can be the first of many and, and I'd love to be the group of people that could say we've left our mark all over the world yeah. doing it Tyler's just there like yeah why not I've got like 15-20 years left I don't know what you guys <laughs> are about they're just saying it way better than I would Guys, brilliant. Thanks yeah. for everything thanks, today. For thanks very much for having me, Raggy. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Jeez, I must say. I'm glad you did. No, thanks, boys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Pretty strong style of the performance center. Talksport.com forward slash WWE. Keep an eye out there for Al's piece. It's going to be fantastic. I've been looking over the videos. Uh, we're going to edit something real nice together. We'll get it up on YouTube as well. So as always, give us a follow at Pro Wrestle Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on the YouTubes as well. Uh, 
shall we get into to the week's uh, the week's wrestling buddy? Let's talk wrestling, Will. Um, you know, because we haven't we, we said this earlier. We haven't had a show since. Uh, Extreme Rules and Fight for the Fallen and whatnot. Um, but, of course, we've had a week of TV now. So where do we go? Where do we go from here? Well, I, th- I think just to kind of cover off last weekend, we'll start with the WWE stuff. And to cover off last weekend briefly, the, um, I mean, Extreme Rules, uh, and I actually think Saudi stuff, WWE are on quite a decent tear of, of uh, pay-per-views. I think the last three or four I've really enjoyed. And Extreme Rules was the same again. There were matches in there... I, I I thought maybe the women's handicap match, maybe actually the the final match of the night between Becky the the Becky Lynch Seth Rollins Lacey Evans all of that nonsense, but it set it up nicely for the Brock angle at the end. Other than that, nothing slipped below three stars. There was a lot of four star stuff. I thought the tag team championship three way was excellent. I thought that Alistair Black and Cesaro was excellent. Uh, and so just all in all, really really happy with the quality of the product um, and. If I'm going to get the best Undertaker match in the last five or six years, that makes it worth watching alone. Oh, for sure. I, I, I tweeted this out that I actually felt that was probably the Undertaker's best performance since perhaps CM Punk at Mania. Wow. Which is, you know, so that that's a while ago for me. But, you know, what was that? 2013, I think. So when I'm when I was looking over the card, I mean, obviously that was a hot start. Very good decision from WWE to have that open the card. I thought Roman Reigns played his role very well in that. And I also felt that Drew came out polished up nicely from that from that mm-hmm. despite losing so you know that that's of course as you say that's how you're meant to do it so um I, I sat there for the duration of the pay-per-view and i was not bored at any stage the match quality was really high i felt i i, I think you probably said it best yourself minimum three star throughout with you know glancing looks at four stars um and, and i would argue that you're probably right on the two matches although i did like how bailey came out of the handicap match. I thought that worked well for her. The main event was probably the weakest. Um, and, that, and I don't know whether that's, I don't think the action was necessarily weak. I thought it was a very nice, well, not a nice moment <laughs> that Becky Lynch got <laughs> end of days. But, you know, I thought it was a very nice sort of surprise um, that moment. You know, it would have been a lot cooler if, if Corbin had kind of just stared Rollins down like, and what, but, um, yeah, yeah, that, that was nice to see that then okay, that flipped the switch for Rollins and stuff. So it wasn't it wasn't like a you know, a bad match. I just think that the uh leading into it wasn't a hot match. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a hot angle. And and uh, I think what you were saying about shining up Drew, like same with Cesaro, same in the tag match, like we saw And Ricochet with uh, with Styles. Yeah, hundred percent. We saw guys lose but look strong, which isn't a problem. Like maybe I mean Alistair Black could have done with maybe a squash after they've been building him up for so long, but that's a minor gripe and, and you know, maybe still four hours is a little too long, although I watched over two sittings, so that makes it a little easier to digest, obviously. But I I like you say, I wasn't bored at any point, which is saying something for recent WWE pay-per-views. For me, if Black had squashed Cesaro, then there's a large portion of people going, oh, for God's sake, why, you know, you can't win. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it'd be like, oh, why is Cesaro getting treated this way? And I think I'd probably fall into that category myself. I, I think, obviously, he deserves a hell of a lot more. And if anything, you, you know, obviously there's time constraints with SmackDown Live, but Black did get that squash at TV this week. I know we're getting there, but but he did. So, uh, you know, it all, all's well 
all's well that ends well on that one, I suppose. So when it came to TV, I mean, the decision to have Brock come in and cash, I loved the promo, I mean, as always, uh, that Heyman cut at the beginning of Raw saying, you know, I'm now in creative control around here. And I, I have don't some lie. stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't lie to you. I told you he was going to cash in. He did cash in. And, you know, I understand that as they build towards the Fox deal starting, they need, they feel, at least Vince feels, he needs Brock to be a champion. I have no problem with this Brock when he's on TV, when he's getting involved in angles, when there's stuff going on. When that's happening, and like, there was, I saw... Um, Somebody was having a, a dig out of the way that New Japan, how few, how rarely they defend their titles. You know, Jericho had the Intercontinental for eight yeah. months and only defended it twice. But that's because what they do is, particularly with their main champion, is they still use them on almost every show, but they make a bigger deal out of their championship matches and the guys are on TV and visible and being used. And so if Brock's doing that, I have no problem with it. And... Whilst Brock Seth again, I get that it they they feel that the angle needs to continue and it's a nice big SummerSlam match to advertise. There were quite a few other guys in that ten way that I could have happily had win it. And actually they really did a good job of I I hate battle royals on TV normally. But yeah. actually it was a pretty entertaining one. Yeah, no, I agree. Um it was I would have liked it if more stories had had come out of it. Like, so, you know, it, as as with any successful Royal Rumble, and I know that we're diluting it down to a third of that with a 10-man battle royal, but angles spawn from the, the, the Rumble or the Royale itself. Um, you know, I know we had Lashley and Strowman in there and the kind of continuing their thing. And I thought, I, you know, I loved, I loved the addition of Big E into that match uh, and him looking great with his uh, big ending on Strowman. So... You know, I was quite happy with that. I just would have liked more angles to, to come from that that I could enjoy in future weeks. Did I want Rollins to win it? Eh, I mean, I, I just I don't know where he really goes to SummerSlam if he doesn't win it. I guess which is which is a part of the problem. Um, you know, but then he's what's what's he going to do? It's basically going to be the same build that there was to Mania. There's not really another wrinkle or a layer, um, and that's the only thing that's kind of putting me off a little bit but you know I'm, I'd be happy to prove wrong because I'm obviously a huge Rollins fan and I'm the same as you when Lesnar is actually around you know I do I enjoy it um, I think it's got a little bit stale in terms of how he's used on occasions like I don't just want to see him bouncing around while Heyman talks sometimes but you know it is what it is I guess and, and when he's involved in the picture and there's matchups there to be had I, I quite like it uh, the uh, the other big angle I think from Raw, and we'll get onto the women's side of things. But coming out of um, coming out of Extreme Rules, they made the decision to put the belt uh, Nakamura on Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Nakamura looked really good yet again, and I love his level of aggression. They then rumours come out the following day that it's because we're expecting Finn to take a bit of time off after SummerSlam. He's actually asked for some time off, apparently. And Two then, months, apparently. Well, then we get Finn and Joe have a bit of a banger, have an aftermatch uh, angle, and then finally Bray Wyatt turns up as the Fiend. And for me... If it's to take someone as strong as Finn and write them off TV for two months and that's how they intend to book him to start off with, that's great. That's a great angle. Yeah, I'm totally on board with you there. Yeah, you know, it's worth knowing. Hal? 
briefly as another signpost. We lost you briefly. Yeah, you know. It, oh, sorry. I said it's worth noting that Bala lost to Joe on Monday, so um, that's another signpost that he is indeed heading for the exit. But uh, I say exit, you know what you know what I mean. But um, as far as Wyatt debuting, uh, yeah, it was really crucial that he was going to get a big win. Um, if there's one criticism from Bray Wyatt's last run, it was at every major feud that he ended into, whether it be Cena, whether it be whoever, he ends up losing. Reigns, Ambrose, all of them. So when you look at him coming back as The Fiend, The Fiend has to be a really powerful character. It, it, visually, it looks powerful, right? Like, you know, it's intimidating and uh, and it's something that we haven't seen in a while. You know, I don't think we've ever seen a mask kind of presented in that way. So... It's got all the the ingredients that you would like. You just want him to be presented in a credible way. Uh, and I'm not sure how, you know, there's a lot of questions moving forward, which is great. You know, I don't know how the Firefly Funhouse presenter type Wyatt, you know, moves in this world or, you know, around the roster and then how he then switches to the Fiend and why the Fiend fiends, 40 fiends. Um, so, all, you know, there, there's a lot to think about. But for him to beat Wyatt, at SummerSlam, and uh, you know, we're reading today that it won't be against the Demon, as the WWE maybe want to protect that. It's a still a big win. It would be a very big win off the bat for him, and then you know, he, he's got a good launch pad for where he wants to go from there. Yeah, hundred percent. And and yeah, I I like the idea that they do something with him where they actually. Where he is switching between the two characters and where the fiend becomes like a demon level thing. And actually next week he turns up on TV as the, the Bray Wyatt character. And maybe he doesn't even remember doing what he did last week. Yeah, he, he, sh- he shouldn't acknowledge that, that he's the fiend. Do you know what I mean? Like that should be like a deep, dark part of him. Um, you know, because, you know, it's funny. It's Tom Collihu, who writes for Sports Keto, he was saying today that the WWE are going to uh, reevaluate Balor basically when he comes back. And, and, you know, they think that something's not clicking with him. And in many ways, the, the demon persona is kind of his, un- his undoing because Balor, the, the regular man can't win the big matches that the demon can. Right. So he's always kind of handicapped by that. And all of his feuds kind of escalate to the point where he needs the demon. It doesn't really make a lot of logic though, because wouldn't, you know, if he always wins with the demon, then why isn't he always the demon? Like, it's never really been explained to the audience why Balor goes through this trans- tra- uh, transformation. You know, what, why does he need to do that? How does he do it? Like, it is just like, oh no, the demon's here. Oh, and he's going to win. There's not, re- you know, I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like that's a ve- they've made a very narrow road for him, and he's struggled ever since because they won't push Finn Balor. The man, it seems. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm with you. I'm not ke- massively keen on how the, the demon's been booked. I, I still love the concept that it's the you know deep, dark side that he goes to when he absolutely desperately needs to. <sighs> but yeah, I, I, I just, it's not, it's still a case of, well, when Balor comes back, he definitely needs some better booking. But wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be fantastic if, if if one of these times he actually had to reach to the demon, you know, and instead of coming in and squashing or beating whoever, he loses, right? And then it's like Finn Balor, the man, is then forced to find it within himself to reach the level that the demon can. And it's kind of like a success story in that regard of not, not you know, kind of re- releasing the crutch that the demon has become. You know, that, that's something that the WWE could explore. Like, you know, either way, but... 
I feel like exactly what you just said. He needs something like because at the moment it seems that he's just stuck on this repetitive loop. Yeah, absolutely with you. Um, the the other thing that came out of Raw was a lot of stig- stigma around Alexa Bliss going after the fans on uh, Twitter for booing the women's match. Now, the fact is, uh, I'm a big fan of women's wrestling and I am a big fan of women's wrestling, of, of some of the women's wrestlers in WWE. And Evolution was up there in my favourite all-round pay-per-views last year. Yes. But desperate to give the women more time on TV. I love the idea of having an elimination match that goes for 26 minutes in the women's division. If you told me that was an idea for Raw, I'd be all in. And yet, I then look at the talent that they pick for it, with Carmella in there, with Alexa Bliss in there, Naomi and Natalia. There's nothing there that's making me go, oh yes, I've got to watch this. And they really did have a bit of a dud. Yeah, I mean... I. I think Alexa's point was that she found what they were chanting uh, and and stuff like that disrespectful, kind of the you you know you can't wrestle stuff. I guess uh, you know she she found it disrespectful on given their effort levels. And look when you, when I look at the comments that Alexa Bliss received for her tweets, some of them are so personal, man. Like you know, I need you know fans really need to kind of wake up to that. It's Alexa Bliss, the person, and this is an ongoing argument that kind of goes back and forth all the time. The character is a heel, okay? And she's kind of, by this point, you know that Alexa Bliss is going to be the sneaky kind of heel, that she would, she would, in an elimination match like this, try and look for a shortcut to win. That's what she would do. Unfortunately, fans, you know, whether it's they just don't like that, are kind of sick of it. And they're taking that as... Bliss is taking, you know, the easy route or whatever it might be. They, they don't like it. Okay, fair enough. Um, as you've mentioned, looking at the talent involved, you know, Natalia has always been a solid talent. I thought the post-match with Becky Lynch instantly added a bit of fuel to it. That was nice. Um, but Naomi, again, she's another one who probably needs to change up. You know, she probably needs maybe a heel turn in there somewhere or something. Carmella, I think. Oh, by the way, she she Carmella has grown like exponentially yeah. since her first title run. Like, I remember before when she cast in on Charlotte Flair, and just thinking about her being champion was like, oh man. But she's grown so much in every department. But again, like, who was really the glue of that match? I suspect they wanted it to be Natty, but it just didn't. It just didn't work. And I, I get it that that happens sometimes, and they've already been straddled with twenty six minutes. It's like, wow, okay, this is there's a long way to go here. Um, but this, you know, further cements a point like, and I've said to you many times, a talent like Charlotte Flair holds those kind of matches together. Yeah. And, and at the moment, it feels like the women's division, uh, and I'll lead this on to a greater point of what Dave Meltzer has said, it just feels like they're really depleted. Like, they, they don't really have the depth. And in, it, it's a catch-22, because in, in, in trying to build more stars, you have to take these risks. And that's what an argument would be for having Baron Corbin face Seth Rollins for the last three pay-per-views. You might not want to see it, but WWE are like, well, you know, if you just give you the same old. And that's kind of the balance. They're trying to make these women, give them the opportunity that they so desperately want. Are they going to deliver in the meaningful way immediately? Maybe not. And that's the risk that they take. 
And, and they are, you know, it is moving in the right direction, giving them TV time, and hopefully the negative reaction doesn't see it a bit of a one step forward, two steps back situation. But there's a lot of talent in the NXT women's division. There is talent there on the main roster. Yes. I think there is still a, an argument for one belt, one women's division across the two shows until it gets deeper. But like, you think about the fact that two of our the best female wrestlers in Kyrie Sane and uh, and Asuka are currently tied in a tag team feud, which I love, but it takes away from the singles division then, and that shouldn't have to be the case. It should be that you, you can love, have a strong you love division. The, you love the feud or the tag team? I love the tag team. I'm not Do sure I, I love the feud. Uh, I, although, just wanted, I just wanted to, uh, <laughs> although, to make sure. You know, I still I find Billy Kay so entertaining that I'm kind of still all right with the whole thing. I'm okay with it. I'm just not okay with the stop-startness of it all. Yeah. Like one one week it's happening and the next week it's like okay well who knows next week then you know it's just it's, it's very spitting its way along, but you know going going back to what you just said and and my earlier point about Meltzer he essentially said this week that as soon as Ronda Rousey left the women's division went down the tubes quote um, now in my opinion Ronda Rousey running through the entire division for a straight year didn't help anyone no okay now. Yes, she put Becky Lynch over at the end. Did she, though? It, it kind of came off as a bit of a fluke. She didn't tap out to the summer, did she? Um, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't make Becky Lynch look, in my opinion, really any better than she already was. I don't think her star has exponentially grown because she beat Rousey, in my opinion. Uh, I think she was hotter before that match. If uh, yeah, I, th- I think the finish absolutely killed it. I, and I don't think that was the intended finish. I think had they no, I don't. made her tap out, then it would have pushed Becky forwards further. It uh, would. And and they succeeded in helping to rebuild her with the with the Charlotte stuff off the back that was very good, but yeah, I, it was frustrating. And I, and you look at that, okay, so no Rousey. Sasha Banks is missing at best. Is what I'm going to call it. Uh, <laughs> Nia Jax injured but has been a bit of a pillar. Um Ruby Riot, really really good worker but injured. So all of a sudden the, the all the combinations that you could put together is very lopsided, and it's like ah, you know, if you if you think about that fatal four way that we just took, we just spoke about, and you had one of or if both Kabuki warriors in there, because that's an interesting dynamic having to go off against each other for a single shot. If they had added that into there, then the match itself would have been, I would have it probably would have been a joy to watch. But um, yeah, that's that's not the direction they're heading at the moment. They're obviously trying to give these women chances. You can understand it. With Carmella, she's done sterling work with our truth. Um, Naomi, and you know, it's probably due a chance. And Alexa Bliss has been out for a long time, so they feel like she could return to the scene. It feels like they've chosen Natty, though, in my opinion, because it's in Toronto more than anything else. So, yeah, um, we'll have to see. I do. I, I am absolutely with you on that. I think that's exactly why that's the match we've ended up with. But actually, they're two good workers who could put on a good match. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure how the build's going to work, but we'll um, we'll see how it goes over the coming weeks. And, and on that point, uh, and on the finding somebody strong from the women's division, looks like we're getting a push for Ember Moon with Bailey, which is nice. The only thing with that is the, for the fans who were hoping that Sasha Banks was going to make a tr- you know, triumphant return at SummerSlam, not looking likely now, is it? Um, if the two top angles are booked up, I don't really see who she'd come back and work with. Um, but very happy to see him. I heard Bailey could put on a killer match. So if, just from that perspective alone, I'm, I'm happy about it. I've, I've always been a big Ember fan. 
Yeah, massively so. Um, so the other angles, you, there was something you said earlier that made me laugh when you talked about the tag division being on and off. Were you in any way a little bit frustrated with the Daniel Bryan stuff this week? Like, I like the way Daniel Bryan did it because he's brilliant. But yes. I tuned into SmackDown thinking, oh, we're going to get a really nice big Daniel Bryan angle. And instead we got kind of frustration. <laughs> you just said it yourself. Daniel Bryan, brilliant. Um, even the promo post Extreme Rules was fantastic. Um, and I'd love to see him in a high profile match at SummerSlam. Um, but with both title matches seemingly locked up, that could be hard. Um, I didn't like it. I, I don't I don't like WWE doing that. Um, promoting that there's going to be like a big, you know, something big to tune in for. They, they, it feels like over the past three or four months they've done that a lot. Um, and it's tiresome to me. Uh, as well as Daniel Bryan does it, yeah, not for me. I, I, I would, I just don't try and bait me into watching, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it could be that they, he ends up doing something really good with this, or the way they do it ends up working. But I just, oh, I just could have done with. It, it just felt like a troll, and I didn't need it to be honest. No. So, um, what about uh, so the other stuff from SmackDown we need to talk about? I mean, we can gloss over. There's plenty there that we can gloss over. Like, be interested to see how they're going to bring Liv Morgan back after her whole fake thing with Charlotte. That could end up being interesting. Uh, yeah. The the kind of two angles though that are worth uh, mentioning outside of that. Setting up for Randy against Kofi at SummerSlam, which with their history, I think is pretty tasty. I like it. We said we talked about this earlier. I'm 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 feeling it. Um, you know, and you, you people say I think I think what sort of is he a 13 time world champion? And I know I've seen people kind of say, oh, not again. But I think the last time he was in the picture was with Jinder, which is very forgettable. Um, a couple of years ago. Um. Uh, I'm ready for it, man. I, I like Championship Randy. I like I like him when he's focused and nasty, and he, he's going after what he wants. He's a great foil for Kofi. We've seen it before. They have great chemistry. Um, there's a hell of a story to be told there if the WWE are willing to to date back. So I'm I'm all for it. Good. I'm glad to hear it, mate. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of them paying off the Kofi Randy stuff. It goes right back to well, you know, the idiot stuff and. And it gets a little bit shooty. And, yeah, exactly. And I, I really, you know, they can pay that off a little bit in the multi-man matches. I'm not the Randy's biggest fan, but I like him in this angle a lot. Yeah, I think and, and that's probably one of the, the few places you and I differ. And I am a big Randy guy. Um, and I think that as he's being used less or, you know, focused on less, certainly, at this stage in his career, um, what he does bring to the table is kind of more value. And this is the perfect way for him to, uh, to 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 bring out the best in Randy that we've seen plays off so well against someone who is, uh, you know, like Kofi, who is now in the power position. Whereas I think that when they first feuded was 2008, I want to say, 2009, one of them two. Uh, and it was com- the complete opposite. So it's, so it's kind of fresh, um, you know, it's, it's at the right time. And I think Randy would probably end up being... A, a great scalp. Resist talking too much about. Probably one of the ways to look at it. It's a great shout. Um, I'm going to resist talking too much about the Owens stuff today because I think we'll be we'll, we're at risk of repeating ourselves from last week a little bit. Um, but I do. You know, I think that mm. if it right again, we've we've gone quite WWE heavy. But just to mention, I'm okay with it. Um, we've we've gone quite.
mention on in the NXT side of things, NXT UK. Do try and watch this week's episode because there was a real banger between Cashizono and Mark Andrews that I thought was a really good match. Uh, and the continued payoff of the Imperium British Strong Style stuff, which I'm sure will continue into... Uh, into this weekend's tapings in Plymouth. Um, what do you make of the that we're getting Gargano Cole 3? We're getting a second two out of three falls match, but with the added stipulation this time that they pick a stipulation each, and if it goes to a third fall, William Regal picks the third stipulation. Does that make it fresh enough for you? Yeah. I mean, does he, does, does, does William pick it on the night? I like the idea. Yeah, I, I, well, we don't know at the moment, but I quite like the idea that it's not revealed and then suddenly, you know, uh, I don't know how a cage could appear from nowhere, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe a ladder or something. That'd be cool. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I, are we not calling them three stages of hell anymore? Is that is that dead? Oh, is it? I don't know. I mean, they used to be, is, is my point. Um, when, when Triple H and, and Austin had one in 01, and I want to say Cena and Ryback had one. But, yeah. Um, anyway, no no one wants think, to say that, but I do think it did happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, whether WWE is actively avoiding the word hell, I don't know. Maybe. But, um, I, yeah, it's fresh enough. I mean, I, I'm one where I feel like, um, as a feud goes on, that stipulations are handy. You know, you don't want to bog a card down in them too much and you don't want to make a feud too reliant on them you know in this day and age it's typically the aging performers that need some smoke and mirrors that are going to add them to their matches but with these two i think at this point where it's just like i know we've already had two out of three falls and i know it's like seven falls over three matches is kind of a lot to take in but when you're when when they're just out to prove to each other who's the absolute best and and that's kind of what the the, the core of the story is in NXT right now between those two. I feel like that's an interesting wrinkle where it's like, I can beat you in this way and I can beat you in that way. And then there's no, you know, once I've beat you in all these different ways or, you know, well, the majority of the ways, it can't be disputed. No pun intended. I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the top dog. So I feel like that it makes logical sense to actually do that. So I'm okay with it. And, and, you, and you just know it's going to be good. That's the difference. Yeah. And that's it. When the quality of the work is as good as it is when these two are involved, it's, you're fine with it. It's just like, yeah, yeah crack on. <laughs> if they hadn't, uh, we haven't had it in years now, but if they had a 60 man Ironman match, 60 man, 60 minutes, that's a, that's a big Ironman match, but 60 minutes Ironman match, I, I'd be down for it. I would invest an hour in them too, easily. What if they have two falls and then William Regal makes a 60-man Ironman match? <laughs> <laughs> Longest match ever, yeah. They're going to uh, beat Davy Stars 104 minutes. Yeah, I think they might. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't let us book our own promotion. Uh, <laughs> so why is this scheduled for four hours on the network? <laughs> It's very confusing. <laughs> Normally takeovers are only like two and a half hours long. Uh, <laughs> away from WWE, uh, we mentioned it was Fight for the Fallen last weekend. You know, I didn't think it was the strongest showing from AEW so far, but I think consistency was again the key. There was nothing that dropped too low. I thought Brandy Rhodes was a little bit... That that didn't work so well for me. And it's always nice to see Jimmy doing stuff in the ring, of course. Um, I, the, the only thing I do have is... Omega Shima maybe under delivered on what I was hoping for. It was like it was a four star match when I was hoping for a five star match. Am I being too picky? Um, no, I, I totally understand what you're saying with that. Because um, because it happens all the time in in the sense that 
you you and I think one of the most recent ones that I can think of is when Nakamura and Styles was announced for Mania. Oh, and they made and such just, a big deal about it. And I just thought, oh my god, it's going to be so good. Like you just you, you just you get it into your head. This is going to be a, it's going to be a certain way. And it's going to be amazing. And it doesn't really play out that way. So it's, it is really hard to put on a pay-per-view when you haven't got any week-to-week storytelling to, you know, supplement the matches that you're putting on. It's very hard. You know, it's just action at the end of the day, um, albeit world-class action from, from great performers. But now they've got eight weeks or so to prepare for All Out, and you just have to imagine that they're going to put a lot of effort into their uh, being the Elite Series and the, the social media and turning up at independent events like they do. Um, and I think they've made a great start by putting Tully Blanchard alongside Sean Spears in his, his feud with Cody Rhodes, because that's, that's a layer that a lot of people can relate to. We all know about the Four Horsemen uh, and the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. So I think that's a good start. Uh, now we've talked uh, a lot about uh, WWE today so AEW it feels like maybe we've glossed over slightly with that event um, but we will trust me when they become a weekly TV thing they will get a lot of focus I reckon and we're heading to All Out so don't you worry we got our confirmation this week so that's me and Big Willie um, what is uh, do you, there's no chance we're going to get an interview with CM Punk at Starcast is there I mean um, <laughs> well um, one thing I will say is that the sponsors of Starcast are Wrestling Travel are good friends so who knows um, do we, the, the requests can be made Will we'll say that much the requests can be made <laughs> but um, I mean that's, it's definitely a huge coup um, it kind of makes sense given that it's Chicago and you know the, the people are connecting the dots straight away aren't they like, oh he's, he's going to appear from what I've heard from Young Bucks Jericho uh, even Tony Khan himself, like you know, what they want him. It's not a question of whether they want him or not. You know, it's just a case of whether he wants it. Um, great pay, creative liberty that he's always really wanted. Working with friends, uh, reduced schedule. On the surface, it seems like the perfect place if CM Punk ever wanted to get in a squared circle again. It it could not be better in many ways. But um, you know, I, I, I honestly think CM Punk never sets foot in a WWE ring again as a competitor, anyway. But I, I could see him going to AEW. I don't think, though, he does so at All Out. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And, uh, you know, as much as we want to, as, as much as the announcement gets people immediately hyped and excited, I think it's designed to do exactly that. And actually, this is much more about. Uh, yeah, being in Chicago, hometown guy, uh, him making some money off the event, all of that kind of stuff, which I you know, have no problem with. Um, I just think that, you know, immediately, as was going to happen, uh, the marks get hyped. And uh, unfortunately, I think that it's going to lead to some disappointment on this occasion. Mm, which is funny because that's the complete opposite, really, of um, Double or Nothing, where they got the, the surprise of Moxley. So um, they've set a precedent there. You know what I mean? Speaking of Moxley, the G1 is cracking along nicely. Um, I watched a caught up with a bit more this morning. As always, it's so much wrestling when they get into these tournaments that, that it's very difficult for us to, um, to to kind of break down a lot of it. So I'm just going to recommend a couple of matches for you. Um, if you like uh, big, bruising Big boss, like I, I really enjoyed actually Lashley and Strowman last weekend. If you want to see something of that nature, but 
New Japan booked. Go watch Big Tomohoro Ishii against Jeff Cobb. They just kicked seven bells of crap out of each other. Um, last night's uh, main event, uh, Moxley's been looking good. Moxley had a, a great match with Tomohoro Ishii last night himself. So Ishii proving to be one of the early performers of the tournament. Um, Koto Bushi against Will Ospreay, though, was legitimately up there in match of the year conversation. Considering Will missed a whole round of matches because of his neck injury flaring up again and then took an inverse uh, tombstone, the guy's of an course. idiot. Of course he did. But, <laughs> yeah. but the quality of the action was phenomenal. And so if you watch one bit of wrestling just purely for the wrestling this week, Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay, you know, it was a, a four and three quarter match. It could have been, yeah, it was up there in my, it might make a lot of top 10 lists at the end of the year. So that's the one I would recommend to go and see. But at the same time, Will, look after yourself, mate. <laughs> just... If you get injured, don't be afraid to take a couple of weeks off. Yeah. Don't take especially with, especially with a neck. You know what I mean? We're seeing a lot of uh, different different people struggling with neck injuries at the moment. Well, we saw him out in New Orleans when he'd had the neck injury and proceeded to still finish all of his bookings that weekend, but they turned them into things like tag mixed tag matches and stuff like that. And we're like, okay, I get that makes sense. He doesn't want to put too much pressure on it. And then we see him doing suicidas and stuff, and we're like, oh, my God, just just please don't die. Please, <laughs> please don't die. Um because he's a phenomenal wrestler and seemingly a lovely human being as well. Uh, so the quality of the wrestling has been fantastic and we'll, co we'll cover more of the New Japan stuff, I'm sure, as it continues. Actually, on New Japan, uh, Rev Pro at their Cheltenham Town Hall seven-year anniversary show, which is coming up just before New Japan in uh, London at the end of the month. It's on the 18th of August, so two weekends ahead of uh, New Japan being in London. Um, Jushin Thunder Liger in action on his farewell retirement tour so uh well worth going and checking that out there are still tickets available well definitely indeed will definitely indeed what else have we got to cover today uh i think we just mentioned a couple of things going on in indie wrestling uh, i mentioned earlier that there was that uh the the matches that were being set for next weekend at um progress eddie dennis is actually hosting uh, in ring. I don't know what Jim's doing that weekend, but there's some really, really great matches on that card. Ricky Shane Page and Travis Banks, uh, A-Kid and Paul Robinson. Uh, they, they just, it's going to be well worth being there and checking that one out. Uh, ICW, they've just released a new edition of Fight Club online um, and they're building up to Stoosh's house party at the end of this month with Wolfgang Young taking on a, a mystery opponent for the vacant ICW World Heavyweight championship uh and there was one thing i did see coming up this weekend if you're in the stevenage area which i know many of our listeners obviously are uh there is a mixed tag match at an event at southside wrestling with kip sabian and penelope ford going up against cara noir and millie mckenzie and that looks like a great match like if i didn't have plans for tomorrow already i would be going to that speaking of millie mckenzie uh, was she not part of nxt uk i haven't seen her in a while yeah, it's a good shout. Uh, I've seen her a little bit on the indies, but she hasn't been one that's turned up in a while. 
Mm, interesting. Worth, worth mm. keeping an eye on, buddy. I think that's 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 us all finished though. And, Sa- and producer Sam, as we sometimes still occasionally call him, has just <laughs> rolled into my living room. He's been asleep upstairs for about eight hours now, so uh, I, I now need to entertain as well. So uh, the, la- you- the last time I saw Spud, as he likes to call himself, Spud. Uh, uh, he, <laughs> I, I, I clicked on his Instagram story this morning, and he was he was creepily. <laughs> telling me how quiet London was at 7.30am and like almost almost angry about it. But, uh, yeah. Hashtag Spud life. <laughs> well, good morning Spud at 4am. 4pm, <laughs> in fact. Uh, you go look after your kids. I'll go look after Spud. Have uh, a lovely rest of the weekend, everyone, and we'll catch you next week. Take it easy, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 